The pearls of the mind are valuable and must be seriously safeguarded from the careless and the unconcerned. But to those who value truths explored, come, think with me. You remember Aretha Franklin saying a beautiful, beautiful song called You Better Think. <laughs> it was uh, really about a relationship that was going bad. And, and, well, she was trying to make sure that her partner understood the things that he was doing, the things that he should consider because there were consequences for behaviors and statements, and et cetera, et cetera. So she made the focus of the song, You Better Think. And, well, I like the idea for where I am at this point. Um, earlier, I think it was 21 or 22, episode 21 or 22, well, we were talking about um, hallelujah. And I mentioned that the hallelujahs of the church were so loud that we couldn't hear the still voice of God talking to us as believers because we had developed this kind of pretentious worship and this pretentious place that we stand with God and that our hallelujahs, if you remember. Well, tonight I, I was extending that notion and listening to the admonishment of uh, Aretha in her relationship, and I started to, to scramble around with this idea that it seems to me that Paul had his hands on something deep and profound when he talked about mind renewal. The suggestion was a cognitive experience. Uh, Jesus talks about overcoming the world, cognitive again. And our focus has been so emotional. We're just so feelings about our faith that we have drifted away so completely from the cognitive training that comes from going through times and experiences in life that teach us to understand how to depend. Paul says this basically to the Philippians as he explains his situation of incarceration there in a Roman prison in Philippi. He said to them clearly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is, this is, this is served to advance the gospel. This is not a thwarting of our efforts to present the apostolic ministry. No, by no means. This is, this is an advancement. And so he, he cautioned them to realign themselves and pay closer attention to Scripture, closer attention to the ministry, uh, closer attention to the gospel of Christ. And then I would admonish you as listeners, that you begin to rethink or to think, period, about some of the assertions that we place before God as if they belong to the structure of God's program, of God's plan of salvation. We've had for years, you know, we have slogans and we have traditions that we honor that can't be traced in the biblical text or misaligned or confused are reapplied in unhealthy spiritual ways, spiritually unhealthy ways, is outside the realm of Christian dogma and doctrine. We just make up things, and, and on the basis of what we believe, 
and what we think we believe, we think that's what God intends. Who would ever think that the God of the ages would give you a prayer that could change his mind and change who he is and change what he does at your whim, at your request, and that you have not because you ask not? Now, clearly, that's a misalignment of Scripture. Now, Jesus in Jerusalem, he had a real problem with the leadership there. He accused he accused them, well, he didn't accuse them, but he, he said to the disciples, these are shepherdless sheep. And later he, had, he approached them with, you know, the, the issues of, you know, in the Sabbath conflicts, there are issues of applying the law inappropriately, not applying the law with any kind of precedence, just using the law to get after him, or to get after uh, their own perspective and to maintain what they believe, you have to be careful how you tamper with scripture. And so, you better think. You better start thinking clearly about once saved, always saved. You better think. You see, because there is a drifting and falling away. Each one of the writers in the Johannine community, they started to just leave, just falling away. And John says they didn't belong and told them the Johannine community don't have anything to do with them. Hmm. So we argue that once we, 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 we say we are, oh, he's a good one. Uh, uh, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. And you say Paul said that. And that's not what Paul said quite. Eh. But how can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach them to be sent? That's the problem. <laughs> you, need to, you need to know that faith coming by hearing, and you need, really need the ushering and the mentoring of a God-sent pastor, a shepherd, to help you to understand. This loose, random experiences where people are sitting at home and having their own church, <laughs> you know, you know, Angel LeMay is the spiritual leader, and everybody focused on Angel LeMay. No baby, no baby, no baby, no baby. Jesus is the, center, is the centerpiece, okay? And none of your rituals and none of your programming and none of your false thinking or, or false prophecies can make that go away. You better think. Our faith is about cognitive training, mental gymnastics of sorts. Because we have to get in there with our minds and, and consider with our minds. And just consider decisions that are made for us and choices we need to make and why we need to make them. We don't always have to agree with them. We have to recognize that they have been, you know, we have been predestined to certain understandings. And we have, to, we have to gravitate to them. And that means that we have to spend more time releasing ourselves from the self and attaching ourselves and becoming more like him. Which means that we got to change how we think. And changing how you think is a spiritual process. It is not something you, you know what, I'm changing how I think today. It is more involved than that. There's the cutting away. There's a, there's a taking off and a putting on. Listen to Paul as he says to the Ephesians what they need to be doing. It's work. But you got to think. You got to think. The faith it's a cognitive move with the heart and the affections of the heart, the loyalties of the heart, well attached. But it is cognitive in his movement. You've got to think with the mind of Christ. 
let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. You got to think. You better think, baby. You better think. Because there are consequences to pay for manipulating scripture to suit your personal agenda. Hmm? Prayer is not really about personal private petitions for gain, wealth, and fortune. Prayer is about purpose. Prayer is about purpose in God. Prayer is about, prayer is about equipment to do the work of the kingdom that the economy of God allows for our petitions towards the purpose of God. <laughs> he knows your needs. He's your father. That's fathering that makes us so, so unique and so interesting to the world because we trust him. He knows what's best for us. And a good father does not have to be asked for things and stuff. He provides all that we need. But those things that we need to do the work are the things we request. Those are the petitions that we lay before him for his purpose and his advancement, not for personal gain. You better think. You better think deeply about how you move with him. Because oftentimes your movement with God is not a movement with God, but is you moving with yourself and calling on God in name. Attaching the deity to your private passions and your personal interests. You better think. <laughs> well, what a, what a, what a rousing <laughs> idea. It shakes the foundation a bit, does it not? Yeah, because you're, you're, forced, you're forced to pay attention to how you handle, how you're handling what you're handling, you know? You, you just can't. You just can't randomly decide that God has made you a promise. He promised me a husband. Where, where, when was that? Really? Mm. Okay. He promised you a husband. Was that an audible promise? Did he write it in the sands of time? Was it written in the clouds? Was it written in the night? Or was it a still, small voice that spoke to you? Come on now, you better think. There are no private impartations. Ask the apostle Peter. He told the Petrum community, you can forget that. All that God has to say to you, he's spoken to you in his son. And that's what legitimates God said <laughs> in a contemporary consciousness, in a contemporary society. When God sends something to now to us now, he says it through his son. Hmm. I thought I'd lay that out there. You better think, baby. You better think. What you're trying to do, you better think. Because as we approach the dawning of yet another brilliant Sabbath, if God gives us the, the opportunity to see it, and we lift up praises because a new mercy has been offered to us, let it have been said, we thought our way through the night and found that joy, like the will of God, in the early morning light. Well, you know what I'm about to say now, right? Yes. Think with me. Listen, before I sign off tonight, you can email me at all lowercase letters, the night talker at yahoo.com. Or if you'd like to text or call and leave a message, you can do that at 478 
Consider the joy of this part of the journey.